Welcome to the Three Martini Lunch. Grab a stool next to Greg Corumbus of Radio America and Jim Garrity of National Review. Three Martinis coming up. Hey, really glad you're with us for the Tuesday edition of the Three Martini Lunch. Good, bad, and crazy martinis for you today. Grab a stool. We're ready to talk about some pretty big stories and some that are just uh, completely outlandish here. Uh, Jim, one that you've been tweeting about today. There's certainly a level of glee to your tweets about how this may have been done or what exactly happened here. But appears there may have been some mischief in the Baltic Sea. This is the story of the Nord Stream pipelines. Uh, Axios reporting the Nord Stream 1 and 2 pipelines have been central to the energy crisis that has enveloped Europe in the wake of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. While Nord Stream 2 hasn't entered commercial operation, its certification was halted on the eve of the invasion. Nord Stream 1 provided a crucial pathway for Russian gas to reach Europe until earlier this month when Russia closed the pipeline, citing maintenance concerns. Now, two leaks were detected in the Nord Stream 1 pipeline and one in the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. While neither pipeline was operating at the time the leaks were discovered, both were filled with gas, according to Reuters. Nord Stream AG confirmed that the Nord Stream 1 control center registered a pressure drop on both strings of the gas pipeline, adding an investigation is underway. Uh, Sweden's Maritime Authority issued a warning for ships to maintain a five nautical mile distance from the site of the leaks, which were registered near the Danish island of Bornholm. The Danish Prime Minister, Met Fredriksen, said she cannot rule out sabotage. And the uh, Kremlin spokesperson, Dmitry Peskov, also told reporters that uh, nothing can be ruled out, including sabotage right now. So, Jim, on the one hand, it would be a uh, great clandestine way to uh, take away one of Putin's trump cards uh, against uh, the nations of Europe, threatening to freeze them out or jacking up prices to the point where it's going to make people really destitute. On the other hand, we still need people to get their energy. So uh, what's what do we know so far and what do we kind of hope's happening here? Greg, longtime listeners of this podcast will know that we do not often advocate violence. We will not confirm or deny any rumors or allegations that we have the power to order covert operations to blow up things that we don't like. If that were the case, Adam Gase would have been, you know, departed this earth a long time ago. <laughs> but way back in February 22nd, right around, right before the uh, the invasion of Ukraine, actually a little bit about, let me go back, give you a little bit of history. So Nord Stream 2 was this joint project between Germany and Russia. It was going to make it easier to run natural gas. It was going to be the second pipeline And for a long time, both the Biden administration and the Trump administration thought this was a bad idea, that it was only going to enhance European dependence on Russian energy uh, resources. And so, you know, it was close to completion. And for a while, when Biden took office, they said they thought it was a bad idea. Apparently, Germany said no. And the Biden administration pretty quickly dropped their opposition. And Republicans gave Biden some grief about this. Once the the, uh, Russian invasion escalated, Uh, All work on the pipeline finished. No gas was actually flowing from one spot to the other, but there was natural gas within it, which is why you can see apparently a large chunk of it bubbling up to the surface uh, in these three spots. Way back on February 22nd, I had written under the headline, nice new pipeline you got there. Shame if something happened to it. My observation was just kind of that like, look, we in the US don't want to see, uh, you know, Central Europe and Germany more dependent upon Russia. This pipeline, like once you build it, you're going to use it. So once it goes into effect, the inclination to keep using it will be, you know, very strong. And so in a way, we would like to see that pipeline, not just the project canceled. Like, you know, you can always restart a canceled project. If something happens to it, 
and there's a whole bunch of shrapnel on the bottom of the ocean, well, all of a sudden it becomes much harder to restart the project and get it going again. Oh, by the way, keep in mind that Gerhard Schroeder and Angela Merkel both put a lot of political capital into the Nord Stream 2 project. Uh, Gerhard Schroeder, I believe, is on the uh, board of a Russian energy company after leaving office, right? So, you know, I, at the time I'd said kind of tongue in cheek, but I was just like, you know, Greg, where are the environmental radical terrorists when we need them? When we really need a pipeline blown up, why can't these guys show up? And lo and behold, certainly it seems like this is a deliberate act, sabotage of some kind. Um, if it really is being done at the bottom of the ocean, that's not the sort of thing that would necessarily be an easy thing to do. And maybe you're looking at people with military training or some sort of uh, really good access to it. I do prefer, if the finger's being pointed in our direction, that we blame it on um, angry fish uh, or, or you know, some kaiju or, or, you know, some other. Or you know what? Look, we've seen this all over the Russian military. Greg, maybe the Russian contractors just use cheap materials. Who knows? <laughs> but in all in all, this really looks like sabotage. So I looked at this and I'm like, okay, well, this is good for us. And this is pretty much ensures that Germany can't become more dependent on Russia. They can't decide, ah, we're going to give up on uh, Ukraine. We're, we're not going to, we're going to let bygones be bygones. What's in it? Look, we're Germans. We're not going to give anybody else too much grief about invading other countries. And that they would eventually try to have some sort of uh, reunion or some sort of, you know, rewarming of relations between them. Um, this would be a step in making sure that they can't do that. Now, I've heard from a very distinguished colleague, a theory that actually this is the Russians, that he characterized this as, quote, cementing a divorce, unquote. Now, I, I suppose it's possible. Um, certainly, I think, but see, my thing is, if you're Russia, obviously, you want to win the war in Ukraine. You think the best card you have to play remaining is uh, Europe being having a really cold winter and having a shortage of energy supplies. So that at some point, Germany and maybe other countries in Europe come back to the negotiating table. One, they pressure Ukraine to make a, make a deal. And that basically they kind of surrender effectively, acquiesce, say, okay, Putin, you win. We need your energy, all that kind of stuff. So I'm not sure why Putin and the Russian government would want to blow up a pipeline that was in their interest. But other people who are smart than, smarter than me may see this differently. Nonetheless, it's not there anymore. And uh, I think this kind of helps resolve the issue once and for all, doesn't it, Greg? <laughs> well, I would hope so. I just wonder, especially if it wasn't Russia, but even if it was, he'll spin it as somebody else doing it, whether this will uh, motivate Putin to do things that uh, until a few months ago seemed unthinkable. But uh, who knows? In the meantime, uh, it certainly puts a stranglehold on his uh, economic uh, agenda against Europe. Uh, Jim, I don't know if you've seen this theme on Twitter. I'm sure you have from the left. It's called Dark Brandon, where Biden <laughs> yes. goes from this bumbling fool to this really shrewd tactical genius on all these issues. So they're, uh, they're floating out a clip today about Biden you know, uh, cryptically talking about ways to take out Nord Stream 2. We'll put a stop to it uh, if Russia invades Ukraine. Oh, how are you going to do that? Don't, don't worry, we'll do it. And so they're saying, oh, Biden did it. Well, if he really was dark, Brandon, you know what would have been a really cool plan? Having a really good domestic energy program so we could be the <laughs> provider for this stuff to Europe. That would really be next level chess. Yeah, you'd want to have everything set up so we could increase our liquid natural gas exports and, you know, which by you need special terminals and all that kind of stuff. You'd want to do that before you end up, uh, you know, blowing up the existing pipelines. I, again, I'm happy to see this happen. I think this is a, uh, it is cementing a divorce. I just think it's somebody who's doesn't want to see Europe dependent. So I don't really see how this would be a the right move for Russia. But uh, I guess, you know, we're still going to have questions about who did what for quite some time. 
All right, let's move on to our bad martini now, Jim. And for those who are paying attention, uh, Florida is bracing, particularly the Gulf side. But given the path of the storm, uh, a big chunk of the state could be in the path of Hurricane Ian. Uh, it is believed to be headed towards major hurricane status. And even at that point, uh, some of the, the outer bands are going to hit Florida. It appears to be down to uh, less than a major hurricane status, maybe a Cat 1 or 2, when it finally makes landfall, allegedly somewhere around Tampa. And, of course, just before uh, an election in Florida, the hurricane is going to be politicized for uh, just a myriad of reasons, and it's all going to be very ugly. You're already seeing stories, Politico, oh, this is the real test of Ron DeSantis. Basically, uh, you know, you're going to have some outlets looking for anything that went wrong here in the next few days as a testament to his failure as governor. Um, There's also the climate issue, and that's where we come in today with today's bad martini. Uh, This could also easily be crazy. Uh, Here's Amy Klobuchar speaking on MSNBC, talking about, thank goodness we just passed the Inflation Reduction Act so we can be ready for things like hurricanes. Listen. We just did something about climate change for the first time in decades. That's why we've got to win this as that hurricane bears down on Florida. we got to win in the midterms. Jim, I don't know if these people literally believe this or they again they think we're dumb enough to believe them that by taxing us and spending more money that somehow we're going to stop storms well i certainly am hoping and praying that nothing all that severe happens with this hurricane unfortunately the track really does look like it's headed towards tampa and so if you're in that area take all appropriate precautions but as you're going there as you're packing up the car as you're heading towards a higher land if you're going to some sort of evacuation point just remember think of amy kobler saying we passed the Inflation Reduction Act. I'm sure that'll make you feel better. That's that that'll, that does a lot of good right here now. Um, actually, honey, you're mentioning, you know, as, as I think of, of the Tampa area, Greg, I was down at the 2012 Republican National Convention, what people were cynically calling Michael Steele's last gift to the Republican Party, selecting a Florida city for the Republican Convention in late August. Uh, Hurricane Isaac came through. At least where I was, it wasn't that bad. It was not, um, you know, I'm looking at the numbers now, and it was two indirect fatalities, 91 million in damage. It's just nothing to sneeze at. But, you know, uh, you think back to Hurricane Andrew and some of those really devastating hurricanes that have hit the Southeast, not quite that bad. Hopefully this will be another one of those that's not that severe. These things can always, you know, turn. There's all kinds of factors that can change these sorts of things. I do think there's something extraordinarily frustrating that something like this is happening in certain people's minds. The first question is, ah, now we got DeSantis. You know, this idea that every single issue that comes down the pipe goes into this sausage-like process of how can we use this bit of news? How can we use this bit of information to get Republicans? How is this bad thing that's happening some Republicans fall? No, by the way, we've seen the last couple of hurricanes that have come through Florida I got to tell you, I think that was like Rick Scott's favorite thing to do as governor. He just, you know, threw himself into it. He had that Navy cap and he was into it. So far, Florida seems prepared. I don't think you can characterize Ron DeSantis or anyone else downplaying it or not taking it serious. I think ever since Hurricane Katrina, the inclination of every lawmaker in every southeastern state has been take the hurricane seriously. It's better to be overprepared than underprepared. And we'll see how things shake out. So Uh, I hope everybody down there stays safe. Take whatever preparations you need to put up the plywood, bring in the stuff from the the patio, all that kind of stuff. If you got to get out of that area, if there's an evacuation order, follow it. Don't be one of those idiots we see surfing on the Weather Channel. 
uh, whenever a hurricane comes through. The, the, the outer banks seem to have that a lot. That's kind of been you know, infuriating. You know, and we'll see how things turn out here. But, you know, it is extraordinarily frustrating that it's so predictable that something like this happens and some people's first instinct is, ooh, how do we use this to get DeSantis? Or, ooh, how do we use this to get Republicans? Yes, or push a climate agenda that really is just more taxing and spending. Uh, Jim, absolutely. The most important thing is uh, for people to stay safe. So please, uh, you know, act and think wisely uh, as the storm gets closer closer. And if you have a chance to get away and it's right in your path, uh, please do that. I, I assume uh, when we talk about politicization of storms, you mentioned Hurricane Katrina is going to be some folks on the left saying, well, you guys demonized Ray Nagin. And uh, my immediate thinking is, well, if Ron DeSantis... <laughs> As a performance like Ray Nagin, then he probably is going to deserve it. But not because of media, media manufacturing. If he leaves people uh, stranded in a dome or if he leaves school buses underwater that could have been used to evacuate people, uh, then we can have the discussion. But uh, something tells me uh, that this guy's on top of it. We don't know how fierce the storm will be. And so there could be a lot of devastation. But I'm guessing the response is ready to go. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a think back to things that can drive us bonkers over the last 20 years when we do a retrospective show. Hur the fact that Hurricane Katrina is seen as this Bush failure, when in fact so many of the errors and failures uh, were at the state and local level is utterly infuriating. And one of the big things was, well, they had New Orleans had an evacuation plan and they just didn't do it. And I never really got a good explanation as to why that was, you know, things were not uh, the, the plan, which included using the school buses wasn't used. And we all remember that infamous image of all the school buses just sitting there, you know, with uh, oil running from them because the floodwaters had gotten so high. If you gotten people moving, the consequences of Katrina could have been uh, much, much mitigated, but uh, never was. And yet somehow decided, ah, you know, Bush flew over on Air Force One, therefore he's evil. And, uh, you know, just an utterly infuriating uh, state of affairs. No doubt. All right. Well, good luck to everyone in Florida. Our prayers are certainly with you. Uh, major hurricanes are certainly no joke. All right, on to our crazy martini now, Jim. Uh, let's head a little bit north uh, out of Florida into Georgia. Baseball, politics, and Atlanta seem to be intersecting <laughs> a lot lately, uh, most especially uh, in 2021 when Major League Baseball yanked the All-Star Game scheduled for last summer from Atlanta because the Georgia legislature passed Voting reforms that, you know, short up the vote, made it easy to vote, hard to cheat. You know, that whole mantra from the right that uh, was supposedly the next Jim Crow. It was Jim Eagle. It was terrible. You saw, were siding with Bull Connor and Jefferson Davis, if you like this. And then the primaries went fine and the turnout was better than ever. But still, MLB yanked the All-Star game. They moved it to Colorado. Atlanta unbowed, went out and won the World Series last year. So this week they're in town playing the Nationals, who I promise you will not be winning the World Series this year. Uh, in fact, I think they have the worst record in the National League or very close to it. But they're in town. Braves are going to make the playoffs again. Not sure if they're going to win the division yet. Uh, and so they had an event at the White House. And oddly, at the briefing, a question comes up. You almost wonder if it was planted about, you know... What do we think about Atlanta still calling its baseball team the Braves? And so that, of course, set KJP, Corinne Jean-Pierre, uh, off talking about a national conversation. And, um, um, the president hosting the Atlanta Braves today, wondering if you or the president has any thoughts about some the controversial about the team name, the Braves name, the so-called Tomahawk Shop, any thoughts on, on that? So we, we believe that it's important um, to have this conversation. 
you know, and, uh, and Native American and indigenous voices, uh, they should be at the center of this conversation. Jim, I also noticed from the video that she was flipping to that in her briefing book. What are the odds that they just mm. happen to know that question was going to come up? Of course, she always flips to some page in the briefing book nowadays. But uh, Jim, Brian Kemp, I think, jumped on this like a fumble uh, at the other team's three-yard line. Uh, as he's like, oh, yeah, we're keeping the Braves. Chop on. Go Braves. Herschel Walker, same thing. Haven't seen anything from Raphael Warnock yet, but I'm guessing since he had a little bit of a warning on this, that uh, he's probably not going to say anything too stupid. But uh, just the issue coming back uh, might be a little bit of a help to Republicans. But uh, what do you make of the, the White House stepping in it again here with, uh, yeah, we need to have this conversation again? Well, I was going to say the first thought is every time, whenever there's some sort of, you know, question of should we rename something, is something appropriate? You know, you see the argument from generally from folks on the right that this is a part of a slippery slope. That first they're renaming X, then they'll renaming it. One moment you're taking down Robert E. Lee's statue, then you're taking down Thomas Jefferson's statue or uh, Teddy Roosevelt's statue. And lo and behold, that's actually what happened, right? The censorious and the left and those who want to rewrite history and those who are perpetually aggrieved and offended, they don't have breaks. They don't honor speed bumps. They they just kind of keep going ahead until, until they do that kind of stuff. So they vindicate their critics in how far they go on this. If you wanted to argue that Redskins is a type of name that you would never name a franchise now, and it sounds too much like a slur, too much like a, uh, a mean name you'd call someone, fine. But Cleveland Indians, for example, that that was just calling them Indians. Indians is, you know, we call them Indian reservations. Yes, I know, you know we now, more people call them Native Americans, but it was much less you know, clear. If we're going to give the Atlanta Braves a grief about this, are the Kansas City Chiefs next? When does it stop becoming a point where we just can't have anything refers to any type of uh, Native American group, tribe, or group, or anything like that? Secondly, I, I we're thinking of the Obama era philosophy or strategy. They called it stray voltage. That every once in a while, the president or someone in the administration would deliberately go out and say something that was uh, controversial and or say something like they, they would use facts that were or figures that were pretty easily disproven. And the argument was that if you got everybody all up in arms and focused on over here on issue A, they would not be paying attention to what was going on in issues B, C, D, E, F, and so on. And I kind of wonder if this is the Biden team's version of doing something like that, because no, I have not heard a lot of people lamenting the state of the Atlanta Braves. I, I, okay, I hear people lamenting the state of the baseball team, not the name of the team, and just kind of a sense of of all the problems facing the country, how big is this? Should the White House of all people be stepping in and getting into this? I guess the economy thing's fixed, huh? And inflation, we got that. Actually, actually Biden would tell us, yes, the economy is fixed and inflation's under control and the border is secure and that all of our problems are solved. So yes, they do have plenty of time to focus on the proper, appropriate names for baseball teams. Most Americans don't think this. I do think this is good for Kemp. And I think every... Uh, uh, Georgia Republican should be jumping on this. And, you know, let's put uh, the question to Stacey Abrams and Raphael Warnock. Do you believe the Atlanta Braves should be renamed? And if so, why? And uh, let's let them, you know, get stuck into that messy and complicated issue. So it, it's strange. And it does say some, I, I also think this is kind of the, a reflection of a, either an unfocused White House or a White House that would prefer to focus on these trivial sports talk radio type issues as opposed to what's going on in the economy and at the border and things like that, because that at least they feel like they can fight to a draw on stuff like inflation. They know they're losing this argument. And they want to just avoid that topic as much as possible. 
Well, the Atlanta Braves ownership, Jim, has uh, made it very clear in very recent years that they have no intention of uh, of changing that name. So despite what the Indians did in becoming the Guardians and what the Redskins did in becoming nothing, and then the Commanders, <laughs> uh, the Braves are probably going to stay the Braves for a while. But uh, uh, Jim, you are off the rest of the week. We will obviously have three Martini Lunch episodes, but you are uh, headed out west uh, for the next three days. So safe travels, and uh, I'll see you next week. Well, for everyone who says, oh, God, why would Jim ever go to California? I'm going to the Reagan Library for a National Review Dinner. So of all the places in California you can go, it's a pretty good place. Cool. Do you get to stroll through Air Force One there, too? I certainly intend to. You do still want to be here for the next three days, though, even though Jim will be out. Uh, excellent uh, personalities like Scott Bertram, John Gabriel, uh, Rob Long, all lined up to uh, join me for the next three days. So we're going to have a lot of fun. Uh, and Jim, I hope you have a great time as well. In the meantime, do subscribe to the Three Martini Lunch podcast. If you don't already, tell a friend about us as well. Thank you very much for your five-star ratings and your kind reviews. Get us on your home devices. All you have to say is play Three Martini Lunch podcast. Remember Jim's brand new thriller, Gathering Five Storms, as well as the accompanying short story, Saving the Devil. Follow us on Twitter. He's at Jim Garrity. I'm at Dateline underscore DC. Have a great Tuesday, and please join us again on Wednesday for the next Three Martini Lunch. A lot of the media just doesn't cover the most important news of the day. I'm Byron York with The Byron York Show. In my latest episodes, I discuss how the Biden Justice Department is keeping secret a plan to change voting in the United States. Secret like they won't tell you what it is. Don't forget to download and subscribe to my daily No Chit Chat podcast. I don't talk about every single issue, just the ones you need to know the most. Subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts.